Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Right before Cain, way back in the beginning of God's word, right before Cain kills his brother Abel, way back in Genesis chapter four, God says something to him, and Cain is like really angry at this point. God says this to him, and this is verse number seven, four, seven from Genesis. God says to Cain, hey, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. This series called Knock, knock, knock is all about the fact that sin is crouching at each of our doors. It's desiring to have us, but we must rule over it. And this door represents the door of our heart. But when sin knocks, what are we going to do? Are we going to open that door? If you do, might not turn out that good. Now here's something that we all know. We're very comfortable with this. We know this from personal experience, for example. But you never win when you entertain sin. Can we say that together? You never win when you entertain sin. Like never, zero times out of 10. You never win when you entertain sin. Now even though we know this, we just continue whenever sin knocks at the door. Not whenever, not all the time. Okay, let's not, let's not beat up on each other here, but, but we continue to open it, don't we? I mean, we know what's happening, we just say, yep, we just open that door, especially when it comes to sexual sin. I'm talking about wandering or lustful eyes, I'm talking about impure thoughts, I'm talking about promiscuity or fornication or sex before marriage. For those of us who are married, I'm talking about adultery, whether it's physical or maybe digital. All right, some of us, right, not that we talk a lot about this sort of thing, but some of us have open marriages where you just have this agreement like, you know, things aren't that great between us or, or maybe another arrangement, you just say, yeah, you can sleep with whoever, do whatever, that's fine. Sexual sin, right? Homosexuality, same-sex attraction, all the way through pornography, all these different kinds. And mine might be different than the other person. And yours might be different from the next person. But each one of us deals with some sort of sexual sin. Make no mistake about that. Well, let's talk about pornography just for a second. Because this is just a prevalent issue in the world today. Here's some stats. They might absolutely shock you. 68% of Christian men regularly view pornography. 87% of Christian women have viewed pornography at least once. And the percentages of women that view pornography regularly are going up all the time. And this one is gonna absolutely wreck your heart. 94% of children are exposed to pornography before the age of 14. There's 42 million, and this number is growing constantly, 42 million pornographic websites in the world today and porn leads to people attending religious services 
reading the word of God, praying, serving at church, less. And when it comes to having doubts about your faith, pornography leads to more doubts. Families are hurting. The church is suffering. And people are drowning in sexual sin like never before. Society is super saturated, saturated with sexuality. It seems like never before in all of history. And sin, temptation, has seemed to have made its home on the other side of each of our doors. Just this past week, for example, I'm not gonna get specific here, but man, I've had to deal with sexual temptation Honestly, in unique ways, I've never faced a couple of things that happened to me this past week. Never, not once. This past week it happened. Spiritual warfare is real. But sexual temptation and that, that knocking, listen, like this is what it was like this week for me, like everywhere, just everywhere, like every, I'm just like, what is happening, okay? Like am I the only one that like, like is, is Tempted when it comes to this area of, of living? Anybody else out there? Like, do I have any friends, any honest people at Fox River? Anybody online? Okay, we got like four. Okay, good, good. We got, okay, we got a big, okay, good. This is good, because we gotta be honest. When you engage in something like this, it's like, man, we just gotta put all our chips on the table. We just gotta, just kinda, you know, this is, this is what it is. This is one of those things that's really easy to ignore. And, and if we're honest, I think a lot of us have just kind of ignored this. Certainly as a society, we've ignored this. Certainly as a, as a church across the planet Earth right now, we've, we've ignored this to a large extent. We, we gotta get into this. It's a huge, huge problem. Um, you, you, may, uh, you may wonder some things right now, like, okay, Bill, I've, I've, I've heard you talk for a couple minutes here, is like, are, are you against, is, is Fox River against, is like the Christian church against fill in the blank? Right. Is, is this like one of those places where, where we, just, we just hate people, fill in the blank, that, that certain group of people? And I would say no, it's, it's actually quite the opposite. We love all people, every single person made in the image of God, we love all people. And you know how much we love people? Enough to tell them the truth. And that's really, really hard. It's like going to the doctor. And if the doctor, if you got a good doctor, he's gonna tell you what's, what's going on. All right? Our heart is people. Our message is the goodness and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And man, if we're not sharing that with people, what are we doing as a church? We're just, we just hanging out, like we got a little club we get together on the weekend. Like, far be it from us. We must love and telling the truth with grace and gentleness and consideration and kindness, that's what we should be doing for each other and for those who don't know Jesus yet. All right, so let's just keep that in mind. Um, so many of us in the church, and we're just dying when it comes to pornography and sexual sin. You want out, but you can't break free. You got moments of victory, but let's be honest, you can't figure out um, how to truly find freedom. Listen, God wants to meet you right where you're at. And hear this from him today. God has grace for you. Hey, Bill, you don't know my situation. Yes, you're right. 
but I know our God, and he has grace for you today. If you've opened up that door, God wants to help you close it. If somehow, someway, you're, you're one of the, the few, all right, and I'm not making a joke, I'm being brutally honest here. If you're one of the few that has not opened the door, even though sexual sin and sexual temptation has been knocking, hallelujah, praise God for that, but remain alert because that temptation will not go away. In fact, it might magnify after this. Special note to parents, soak everything in. Stats, the advice, what God says, right? Soak it all in because this is a conversation. Be sensitive to your children's ages, right? If, you're, if you're, your kids are like four and five years old, then you know, talk to them appropriately. But if you got teenagers, hey, it might be time to open up the fire hose, man. Let's just, let's just talk about what it is. But you're gonna wanna have that conversation with your children. Definitely gonna want to. Um, but before we go further, um, I, think, I think we just gotta enjoy the grace that's been given to us today and just say thank you to God. Um, this is one of those, those topics, one of those messages, one of those weekends here at Fox River that no, none of us are exempt from. It's gonna be relevant for all of us. And um, I think God's got some special things in store for us in the next few minutes. So let's go to him in prayer together and let's, let's get rolling, okay? Father, we thank you for today. Um, God, we pray for literal miracles to happen here, Lord. Some of us are, are just in a really rough spot. We're in a very difficult season, God, when it comes to our faith. And uh, Lord, we, we need your help big time. God, I pray that we would hear from you. I pray that we would uh, understand what you're trying to tell us, Lord Jesus. And uh, I pray that somehow, some way, we would hear from you um, and respond. God, that we would choose to walk from, with you from this point forward. Um, God, be glorified not only in the time we spend together today, but Lord, be glorified in our response and in the aftermath of this beautiful mess perhaps you're creating in our hearts right now. Shake things up, Lord, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five. Um, as we turn to Matthew chapter five, let's just appreciate what's, what's going on here. Um, you can turn there in your Bible if you got it or on your digital device of choice. Um, but we're about to read a little bit from Jesus' most famous sermon ever. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Jesus, even though a bunch of crowds are present, Jesus is specifically teaching only his disciples, all right? These are people who believe in God. These are people who trust God to save them. These are people who see Jesus teaching and they're like, he could be the Messiah. You know, the one we've been waiting for forever. He could be the one. This is amazing. Have you heard him teach? Like, this is, he's amazing. And do you know what his name means? His name means, literally means God saves. I mean, everything's just pointing. Jesus is the Messiah. My gosh, this is amazing. Okay, so, so Jesus is talking to them. Again, even though the crowds are present, which means this. In today's context, Jesus is talking to Christians. If you're not a Christian, Jesus would love for you to listen. Make no mistake. But this message is not for you. He's not judging you. He's not mad at you. He doesn't hate you. All of those things that kind of, those labels that get thrown onto Jesus, they're lies, they're not true. 
And here at Fox River, certainly, we would stand with Jesus on that. We're not mad at anybody, we're not judging them, we're not hating them. We don't want anything to happen to them. It's, it, it's so the opposite. In fact, we want something for, not only Christians, but we want something for those who don't know him yet. So let's just put that on the table, make no mistake about that. Here's part of what Jesus is teaching his followers, and we're just gonna look at four verses, okay? How can you fill the time with four verses, Bill? My goodness. Well, let's see what happens. Okay, here we go. Let's start. This is Matthew chapter five, verses 27 through 30. Here we go. Jesus says this. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, ouch, and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now we've got two main tasks before us here as we look at these four verses. First task is this. We gotta figure out, okay, what is Jesus saying? Is he saying exactly what it seems like he's saying? Or... Does it take a little bit of work to figure this out? So that's our first task. What is Jesus saying? The second task we have is, how does this relate to us? Like, how can I apply this to my life? Okay, so we, if we answer those two questions, I think, I think that'd be a good, a good thing for today, all right? First things first, though. In order to figure out what Jesus is saying here, we have to remind ourselves and we have to appreciate something very important, the gospel. Now, the gospel, gospel can be explained in a lot of different ways. For our purposes today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little more broad than we normally do, and I'm gonna say this. The gospel is this. God saves. Who saves? God. God, okay, God saves, okay, got it, got it, got it, okay. God saves those who believe and trust in him. Why is this important? Because here's what happens, especially when sexual sin, right, when you open that door to sexual sin, you just, those doubts begin to creep in and your mind gets all jumbled and you can't think straight. You can tell which way is up, which way is down, left, right. You just get all mixed up. Listen, God saved you. You cannot somehow unsave yourself. There's no sin you can commit that will somehow get you kicked out of God's family. It doesn't work that way. We're gonna talk about that in a, in a minute or so. We'll come back to that. For now though, let's imagine that we're in northern Israel, somewhere very near the, the Sea of Galilee on the shore, listening to Jesus teach and listening to Jesus just blow everyone's mind because here's where people are at. They thought sin was just outward action, all right? Jesus is talking about adultery right here in these verses. They're like, well, as long as I don't physically sleep with someone who's not my wife or husband, then you know, I'm good, I haven't committed adultery. And Jesus, he just shocks everyone. He says, sin isn't about your actions only. It's also about what goes on in your heart. And instantly, everyone realized that everyone was guilty. So they're like, oh man, and this sermon just started. Like, this is the beginning of the sermon. He's like, and people are like, man, is it rude to leave right now? Because I kind of like, ugh. 
You know, so it's just like, maybe, maybe like some of us are feeling that right now. Oh my goodness, okay, moving on, moving on. But don't worry, okay, if you, if, you, if you were feeling that way in the crowd at the time, if you were feeling that way as one of Jesus' disciples, don't worry, it's okay, just, just gouge out your eye. Just, just, that's right, just, like, just, just cut off your right hand. You know, the one that you used to work with and earn a living and, and cook meals and eat with and, and say hi to your friend. Like, just, just gone, because that'll fix it. That'll totally fix it. Yeah. Pro tip, don't do that. God is not into self-harm, by the way. Jesus is not into self-mutilation. If he was, don't you think he might have said, cut off a different part of your body? I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. I think that would, you know, but listen. All right, Jesus has three big things for us today. Three very big takeaways. There are more, don't, don't mishear me, but three really big things. Here's the first thing that we're gonna zero in on. What is Jesus saying and how does it apply to our lives when it comes to this area of, of sexual temptation knocking at our door and if we open it, sexual sin has entered the equation. How do, what, what does Jesus have for it? Here's the first one. Sexual sin is that serious. It's a really big deal. Why is it that serious? Because as Christians, listen, our bodies belong to the Lord. Let's not bring into sin something that belongs to him. If my body belongs to Jesus, let me not bring it to sin. Let's not do that. Sin is that serious. My body doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. Also, have you ever noticed how sexual sin demands your attention, it dominates your thoughts, and it will mess up your relationship with God like no other sin can and does? Have you ever noticed that? just has a special spot when it comes to screwing everything up in your life and in your heart and all your relationships. It will take you down. It will ruin you. Sin is that serious, which is why we must do whatever it takes. And that's part of what Jesus is saying. We must do whatever it takes to rule over sin in our lives, which brings us to point number two. We are able to rule over sin. We are able to do whatever it takes now I understand some of us, because we've, we've been in this season perhaps even for a long time, years maybe even, all right? And it might be you know, something that nobody knows about. You're just kinda struggling on your own with that. You might be thinking this. I just don't think I can master over that. I don't think I can rule over this. It's, it's just, works for other people. It's just, I, mean, I tried, it doesn't work for me. I know you feel frustrated. I know you feel angry. I know you feel ashamed. I've been there. I've felt those things. I know you feel guilty, but also like a victim all at the same time. I know you feel dirty. I know you feel depressed. You have your moments where it's just like, man, I just, what's the point, man? I'm just a failure. I know you feel unworthy, and I know you feel unwanted. And all those feelings, right, the devil just, I mean, he's, he's like better than Amazon or UPI. He just delivers those constantly. He's just like instant, like, I'll just deliver these over and over. I remember how those doubts used to creep in. And I remember them vividly. Realize this. We have an opportunity, by God's grace, for the word of God to wash over us right now. I'm gonna bring up some really specific things here for a second. You may think there's no way that God loves me. Be reminded of Romans chapter five, verse eight, if you're thinking that. God doesn't love me. Christ died for us. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, we didn't believe it. We didn't believe in him. We didn't deserve his death for us. 
while we were sinners. God's not even on our radar. We weren't even born yet. And God is like, I'm sending Jesus to die for the people I love. I love him that much. Now, how much more does he love those who have been adopted into his family and are called his children? A lot. He loves you dearly. Hear that today. Don't subscribe to the lies of Satan anymore. God loves you dearly. You may think this, I can't go back to him this time. There's no way he'd take me back. I mean, I've screwed up. Just so, I, I lost track just so many times. I just, man. Be reminded of this, Proverbs 24, where God tells us the righteous man or the righteous person falls seven times. How could a righteous person fall so many times? I thought righteous people don't fall at all. Maybe, maybe once, I don't know. But like seven times, come on, righteous people don't fall like that. How do they fall that many times? Because they get back up. Why do they get back up? Because they're just so strong and righteous? No. In fact, they're weak. It's God's strength working through them. And they're not that righteous. They believe in God and God declares them righteous. See, their faith is not in themselves. If you're a righteous person, if you're someone that, that God says, you're my son or you're my daughter, it's not because you're an all-star. He loves you, but you're not an all-star. Your faith shouldn't be in yourself. Our faith is in God. And that's why we get up, because we know he'll take us back and he'll help us. It's about faith. Now you might think this, let's get a little extreme, but it's realistic. I don't even think I'm a Christian anymore, because like Christians don't do the things that I do, especially over and over and over again. There are some very interesting verses in the word of God. Two of them are Ephesians chapter one, verses 13 and 14, where God tells us this through the apostle Paul. He says, for those who believe and trust in Jesus, God seals them with the Holy Spirit, like a letter, seals it. <laughs> seals it like a letter, and that letter is not gonna be opened until it reaches its destination. And the destination is heaven. Sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. You are safe in Christ. You are a Christian. God is keeping you as his. Very, very important stuff to remember. Let the word of God wash over you today. Listen, in this world, we're gonna have some trouble as followers of Jesus. Some of that trouble is gonna be because of others and just the way the world is. Some of that trouble, let's just be honest, some of that trouble is gonna be trouble that we caused, okay, because of our own sin or our own problems. But in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world and his Holy Spirit is with you. And if we have his Holy Spirit within us, we are not enslaved to anyone, we are not enslaved to anything, and we are not enslaved, even though it feels this way sometimes, we are not enslaved to any sin, even when it comes to sexual sin. Jesus is teaching us that even though it's difficult to do what needs to be done sometimes, we have the opportunity and we have the ability 
to be free. Which brings us to the third major thing Jesus is trying to communicate to us today through Matthew chapter five, verses 27 through 30. There is a cost to following Jesus. And sometimes that cost is pretty high. See, all things considered, I don't wanna miscommunicate here. It'd be really, really easy at a lot of points today to, to miscommunicate. So I'm trying to clarify a couple things. I don't know if you can tell that or not. I'm like, man, I just wanna make sure we're all on the same page here. This is one of those times too, okay? So don't mishear me, but I do wanna be clear. Receiving Jesus, becoming a Christian, that's easy. How could you say that, Bill? Man, I can't, this is a really hard situation. It actually took me a long time to, to place my faith in Jesus and receive him. Me too. But who does the heavy lifting? Remember, we've, we said it together a few minutes ago. Who saves? Is it us or is it God? Who saves? God saves, yeah. So, so it's easy from the point of like, who's gotta put in the work? Well, God is doing the work. He's the one that saves by grace through faith. But following Jesus, now that's, that's a different story. That's way different. Now we still use his strength, we still depend on him, absolutely, don't you dare forget that. But following Jesus can be quite difficult at times, especially when you're dealing with sexual sin, for example. That's why the road that leads to eternal life is narrow and few find it. Because it's really, really hard to follow Jesus sometimes. It's really, really hard to pick up your cross and, and walk after him. When Jesus talks about hell, here in Matthew chapter five, verses 27 through 30, he's not saying that believers can somehow go there. No, he's not. He's letting us know that if a Christian continues to open up the door of their heart to sexual temptation and let sexual sin manifest, he's letting us know that if you as a believer, if you do that, then your life is gonna be like that place just outside the city of Jerusalem. You know that, that valley just to the south of the city, that valley um, where, where all the garbage is and the raw sewage is dumped there and they light it on fire and it's continually burning. It's really smelly, it's disgusting. There's a lot of death there. That place is called um, the Valley of Hinnom, yeah. And in Greek, it's called Gehenna. And in English, it's called hell. He's saying that if we as believers in Jesus Christ if we continue to entertain sin, we're not gonna win. And our lives will be filled with suffering and death. Sin will ruin your life. It will block your blessings. It will destroy your dreams. When temptation comes knocking, don't let the killer in your home. Don't do it, all right? We're smarter than the people in the horror movies. Don't do it. Sin will take you down. It will ruin your life. It will block your blessings. It will destroy your dreams. 10 times out of 10, you will never win when you entertain sin. Never. Be careful. But if you, by God's grace and with the help of his Holy Spirit, if you do whatever it takes to rule over sexual sin, you will experience abundant life that God promises to us in John 10, 10. You'll be blessed in your relationships with God, but also with others and your future will be filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control, that's the thing I lack right now. 
Why do we lack self-control when we're entertaining sin? When we're caught in this trap, why do we why, why, just can't seem to do the right thing? Why is that? Because self-control, you don't get self-control just by like pulling up your bootstraps and, and trying harder and figuring out new strategies. That's not how you get self-control. Self-control is something that the Holy Spirit, listen, 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 the Holy Spirit produces self-control within the believer. When? When the believer connects with Christ. So the only way to have the self-control that scripture talks about and the self-control that God wants us to have, the self-control that God makes available to us, the only way to have that is to connect with Christ. And then it's like, whoa, I can resist like before. I can resist again. I, can, I, can, I know what this life is like. This is amazing. Thank you, Lord. So with all that said, what can we actually do? Spiritually, here's, here's some things. Remember, there's a cost. Some of these things are not going to be easy at all. But if you want freedom, the grace of God's freedom is here for us today. First thing is this. Spend many minutes with God in his word and in prayer. It might require hours of you. You might have to spend hours in God's word and in prayer every day. And I know a bunch of us are thinking, I don't know if I'm gonna do that. Then you may just stay in the place you've been in. That may be what it, what it comes down to. Let his truth wash over you. How did Jesus respond when the devil tempted him in the desert? He responded with God's word. Well, if we don't know God's word, how can we respond appropriately, right? We're just gonna gobble up the lies. And we're gonna be deceived. And all the accusations, they're gonna stick because we can't refute them. You're not a child of God. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, you know? God doesn't love you. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right, because it's like, why would he love someone? Like, if you don't know the word of God, if you're not familiar with it, not a good situation. We gotta desperately depend on the Holy Spirit. We gotta follow him like our life depends on it. Because I'm gonna tell you something, your life depends on it. You gotta follow him at all costs. And you gotta determine to walk with Jesus. This is hard stuff. You gotta walk with Jesus even as you run from sexual temptation. You get out of there. Now here's some practical things you can do as well. Those are more on the spiritual side of things. Here's some practical, like, like actual things you can do where the rubber meets the road. Here we go. First thing is this, put plans into place. I'm talking about like, like um, software on your digital devices. Here's, here's a couple that come to mind. Covenant eyes, right? Accountable to you. Ever accountable. These are names of software packages that you can have on your computers, your cell phone, tablets, all of that. And by the way, you shouldn't have the passwords because if you have the passwords, you can just disable it. Give the passwords to somebody else. Now we're thinking. Here's some other things. Avoid people in places that are dangerous. If you know when you go to the club, you do things you shouldn't do. Don't go to the club. If you know whenever you're on the computer, late at night, you see stuff you shouldn't see, you click on stuff you shouldn't click, like don't do it. 
Listen, I love you, and I want you to hear me say something that's not gonna sound like I love you. Don't be stupid. You're smart. You've received the Holy Spirit. You know you shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. Make that decision. God, I'm gonna follow you at all costs, even though I really don't want to. I don't know if I'm asleep tonight. I might be up all night. Does I, I just get, okay. You don't sleep tonight. Oh, well, I'd rather not sleep than sin against my Lord and Savior. That's the attitude we need to have. Don't go on business trips alone. Don't have one-on-ones with people that you know. And you're gonna be tempted. They might have no idea you feel that way about them, by the way. But be smart, don't put yourself in that situation. A policy here at Fox River for staff members is we don't ride in the same car with someone of the opposite sex if we're alone, like no one-on-one situations. We don't meet one-on-one in closed offices with no supervision. We don't do that, it's not smart. Is it because we're super tempted all the time? And no, it's just, let's be smart. Let's not put ourselves in places or with people where temptation might come knocking. Be smart. Here's another thing, connect in Christian communities where you can have conversations about sexual temptation. We're not the only ones. Statistics would strongly suggest most of us are dealing with this stuff on a daily basis. You're not the only one. Talk about it. What worked, what didn't? Have people praying for you. What what a beautiful gift to have someone going to the throne of the grace of God, praying for you, that you might receive the help and the grace and the strength you need. Wow. Be in Christian community. Here's a couple, for example. We've got Celebrate Recovery. It's on Thursday nights. We've also got one on Wednesday mornings. We've got a small group called Conquer. This is for men. It's continually running. You can join at any time. It happens on Thursday nights here at Fox River. If one-on-one counseling seems like a really good idea, I just need to talk with somebody and hash some things out. I just need somebody, specifically someone who's trained to walk with me, then check it out. You can get all these opportunities and check those out via the QR code. Scan that. Go on the Fox River website. Have a conversation with somebody on staff. Let's get the ball rolling. Be smart. You can do these things. God's grace grace is available to you. One of the most important things, however, is to confess. You got to confess. That means agreeing with God. Whatever you do, don't keep it a secret. You know what secrets are. Secrets are the skeleton key of Satan. You know a skeleton key, right? It just opens up any door. When you keep secrets, sometimes there's no knock. You're just chilling and all of a sudden it's like, boom, temptation, like, whoa, what happened? He let himself in. He's been keeping a secret. (laughs) And confession is not something, when we confess to God, it's not simply saying, hey, I made a mistake. It's agreeing with God on exactly what you did and exactly why you did it. God, this is what I did. And you just, you say it in detail. And I encourage you, say it out loud. I've had some of the best conversations that I've ever had as far as confession goes with God in my car with the sunroof open because somehow that makes me feel closer to him. I don't know, it's weird, okay? But, but like, you just, you just put it out there and, and it's ugly and it's tough and, and the tears and the snot, they, they all, it just happens, but it's like, you, you just got, this is what it is. This is what I did, right? And this is why I did it because God, I, I wasn't willing to worship you. I wanted what I wanted and I, I said yes to me and I said no to you. You just put it out there, it's ugly. But when you tell the truth, when you confess to God, he meets us in that spot. 
And when we confess, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I just, I just I failed so many times. I can't. I need your strength. I'm weak. He meets us with his grace. We can't go back. And we want to beat ourselves up a lot of times. We can't go back. But we do have the gift of today. And you can be free. You can experience freedom with God's help. Understand this, Jesus is at the door as well. Not just sin, but Jesus is at the door. And if we're willing to let him in, he'll come in. And we can get to know each other again. And we can start to walk together again like we used to. That'd be a really good thing. So we're gonna pray right now. We're gonna close things out. And um, I know a lot of us have been saying no to Jesus when it comes to this area of living for quite some time. I wanna encourage you. I wanna invite you on behalf of God just to say yes to him right now, to use this time as a lifeline to his grace. Maybe like you haven't done in a long time. Connect with Christ. Follow him into freedom and follow him into new life today. Let's pray. God, you created us to be free and to be alive. Lord, yet freedom and life are only found in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your gospel. God, thank you for the grace and the power that you give to rule over sin. Lord, thank you that you use struggles like this. Well, that's such a tiny word for such a big issue, but struggles like this, Lord, to bring us closer to you. God, thank you that you do that. For those ready to receive you, Lord, for the first time, asking you to rescue them and to change their lives now, but also for eternity, Lord, I pray, would you hear them and receive them into your family. If you're ready to receive Jesus, let's pray this prayer together right now. I am a sinner and I'm in need of your forgiveness and your grace. I believe that you died for my sins, Jesus, on the cross. I believe that three days later you rose for my life. I trust in you alone, Lord Jesus, not myself. I trust in you alone to save me and to make me new. And I receive you right now as Savior, right here, right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you. If that was your prayer today, with eyes still closed, with heads still bowed, I want you to raise your hand right now. I receive Jesus today. My life is gonna be different from this point forward, and my eternity is changed forever. Raise your hand if you receive Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you are so good. Lord, for every believer here in our Fox River family, God, provide your people with hope and help God, with victory and also with healing. In our weakness, Lord, give us strength that we might be strong in you and follow you at all costs. Remind us to pray for one another and do whatever it takes to help each other walk with you. Be glorified in and through your church here at Fox River, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.